This is the Resonance AI Podcast, conversations about the future of media. Our 24th episode is part two of our conversation with actor and content creator Dylan Mulvaney. And for this, we begin with Dylan speaking about the difficulties of finding acting roles based on traditional views of gender. Well, I even think about college just like three, four years ago and how I, as a feminine gay person, had to work so much harder than my straight masculine counterparts that were kind of just handed things a lot of the time. And I'd have to work a thousand times harder because we have this idea of the classic leading man and then an ingenue woman. And then, you know, maybe sometimes you get like a a comedic relief part in there that, you know, you can put a, a gay person in. But a lot of the roles still, even in theater, are not written for gay people. You know, you don't see a gay lead. And unfortunately, especially in TV film, you don't see a lot of gay people, gay men playing straight male characters. But we see a lot of straight male characters playing gay men. When I feel there are dozens, if not hundreds of gay actors out there that could do the part as good, if not better, I didn't come out as non-binary till last December publicly because I didn't know that there was going to be a spot for me. We kind of need to let go of a lot of the classic leading man and ingenue types. Hopefully we're, we're going to get in a place that gets a little more creative than just having the token gay friend. Or, and that goes, that goes for the same with race. But my dream is to sort of write queer romantic comedies that can be mainstream for anyone, you know, not just gay people to watch and to start seeing some gay characters facing issues other than just coming out struggles. I wanna see the funny, I wanna see the heartwarming, I wanna see the love. And I also, I think there's something to be said that we need gay actors to be playing these gay roles right now because we we don't see a lot of gay actors playing straight roles, but we do see a lot of straight actors playing gay roles. And I think that we eventually will get back to a place where we can, you know, have a straight guy playing a gay character once there is, there's some more equity on the table. But right now there's just not enough of that and a ton of amazing queer talent out there to utilize. So I I do believe that is something that is becoming very uh, specific. Like even when I get an audition breakdown for a non-binary character, it literally says like, the actor must be non-binary. So it's cool because it shows that they care and that the industry cares. Obviously, a gay character in a show was was Ellen, you know, where she came out in what the late 90s, you know, it was Yeah, it was... she did it in a way that wasn't shoving it in people's faces, but she owned, "Hey, this is who I am." And if, you know, if you want to be on the Ellen train, you can hop on. If you don't, you can hop off. And that's what I'm trying to do now with being non-binary is like I'm trying to teach people, but also not force it upon them and doing it in a way that doesn't make them feel guilty. And, but to say, hey, if you like what I'm selling, you know, you can be my friend, you can follow me. And if not, that's okay too. You know, I grew up really only having like Will and Grace to watch. And first of all, Will is played by a straight man. But, uh, (laughs) you know, we've had all these awesome, you know, throughout my teenhoods, then we had Glee and all these other shows where I started to see myself on the screen. And, you know, as, as much as we can put activism out there and much as we can, 
you know, share things on social media that are, you know, politically charged or gender charged until they're being displayed in Hollywood and normalized. That's when the learning really happens on a, a broader scale, because a lot of people, that's how they get their information is TV and, and how they, how they learn their lessons is through these characters that they're watching. So I think that's what I'm so excited about showing America non-binary characters is that's when things will really start taking a bigger shift to, oh, okay, this is a thing. These, this group of people isn't going anywhere and I will respect them and their pronouns because that's what I'm being shown on my favorite show. It's not a conversation of non-binary people exist. It's a conversation of non-binary people are not defined by being non-binary. Yeah, that's another, like, it could be an, an afterthought, right? And so what's interesting is we don't even really have any TV shows yet, like, teaching people what it even is. So I, in a way, I think we will have a, a few years of, like, the shows being like, I'm non-binary, and this is how I feel, and da-da-da-da-da, because there are literally still people, even in the, I've, I've had gay friends be like, hey, what's, what does non-binary mean? Uh, which is, it's crazy, because, you know, we're, we're in the same group. But uh, I think we will get to the subtleties as well, which will be even more fun to play into those roles instead of feeling like, you know, the actors teaching somebody something and, and just living. Do you think that there is, from your experience with TikTok, do you think that with the other people that are maybe, uh, you know, working in the same sort of kind of area that you are do you think those people are are using trying to use that as a springboard to get a tv show or to yeah well what's interesting is like is i think there are people that have blown up on there that didn't even think of of wanting to do that or to be actors but all of a sudden people are like hey do you want to act in this movie because again followers equals money for that for whatever production is happening or you know tv show that means viewership you know, those views from that person's channel carry over to your TV show. So that does matter. Um, I, I also know people that are, yes, trying to find ways in to, to showcase their talents on TikTok to make them blow up, um, which I haven't seen work a ton, uh, just because I think the theater community and, and acting and singing online sometimes doesn't translate. But... I think there is something to be said about having a strong social media presence if you were trying to be a performer right now, because it's basically free marketing and it's free fans. And it is a, it's a perfect way. And instead of sending in a reel to an agent or a manager, you're saying, Hey, go check out my TikTok account. And then there's where you'll get a really good idea of who I am and what I can do. So that's sort of my biggest advice to, actors, young creative types. It's like find a gimmick or, or something that feels very authentically you and put yourself out there if you are in a, in a, in a good, stable place to do so because it can be very emotionally draining. But what a great way to get your feet wet and try some things and not be afraid to fail because sometimes I post videos and they fall flat on the ground. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. But then the, the reality is, is everyone has that happen on, on the, these apps. And then you just, you make another one and you do better or you try something different, a different approach. So yes, I do believe that TikTok, Instagram, they all are now weirdly a part of the entertainment industry. So the, the one difference between a highlight reel or, or a 
our resume or anything is that, as you mentioned before, you know, those things usually don't incur abuse from strangers. Right, right. And that's why it's, it's, it's a lot more vulnerable to put yourself out there in a way, you know, you have to figure out how to protect yourself essentially and like unread messages or block the haters or things like that. But it also, it's insane that from opinions about you that, you know, you wouldn't even have made about yourself, like, but in a good way sometimes too, like I, I've been, you know, doing this TikTok thing and I just got approached by a really large hosting agent. And I, I had never thought about hosting things before, you know, like whether it be like the red carpet, you know, outfits or, you know, just silly things like that. And they were like, oh, you've got this great personality. You know how to talk to the camera and be yourself and be fun. And, and so it also can help others formulate ideas about you and for you, which is really exciting too. The Resonance AI podcast is produced by Random Inkara and Shane Malin. It's hosted and edited by Shane Malin. And our music is by Damian Johnson. To learn more, go to resonanceai.com.